Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Rollo and Greg Show. We're a new independent podcast focusing on liberty, the benefits of lard over butter, and the inaccuracies of TV and movie swordplay. I'm your host, Greg M. You can find me at NotGregoryM on Twitter. Let's start the show. Hey. Hey, Rollo. Welcome. How's it going, Greg? So, yeah. uh, I'm really excited. uh, This is going to be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I haven't done the legwork yet to kind of migrate the podcast or everything so this right. will be uh episode 145 great yeah guys uh, what's up oh hey um hey sorry. slappy what's up sorry i'm late i uh we had a little trouble getting the kids to bed tonight is uh greg's on yeah i thought did, I th- did you not tell him i thought i thought you weren't gonna make it slappy what do you mean i thought i thought you're like a, a test no I'm like five i am studying but it's like five minutes well five minutes late i got time okay so we're um, talking are we talking guns uh, yeah, we could do that. Um, to save you time, we'll just uh, I'll just do the the intro stuff. Uh, yeah. When you when you jump off. Okay. And I'll I'll add that to the beginning. Um, uh, does that sound okay? Sure. Okay. So uh, yeah, just uh, just want to kind of just kind of yeah, introduce we'll Greg a little bit and, and and say introduce the episode like we normally do. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're just, do we have like a, are we going anywhere? It's just, we're just talking about guns generally. Do we have something specific here? Yeah. I mean, just, I, I was thinking something like, uh, and over, not necessarily something, uh, about gun rights um, unless we go that direction, but more like saying, Hey, uh, um, so I don't know why I'm so flustered. Uh, so talking about, a- like an, an introduction to guns and everything and, and uh, right. maybe maybe what yeah. might be a good – maybe some of the mechanics of guns because we, we all talk about – I mean most libertarian podcasts, when they talk about guns, it's about you know rights and everything. And that's all good, and I like listening to that, but maybe yeah, something sure. a little bit more like practical information about guns. For, sure. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I guess I can talk about that. Uh, hold yeah. on. Let me, give me a second. All right, yeah. So uh, we can talk about guns. Um I'll start off. I guess I'll talk a little bit about myself. Sure. Yeah. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Greg? Yeah. So my name's Greg. Um, I have 12 years of shooting experience. Uh, I've taken a bunch of classes. I used to shoot in IDPA, which is uh, International Defensive Pistol Association um, in the Stock Service Pistol uh, Division. I uh, taken handgun classes, self-defense uh, outside the home classes, basic pistol, basic self-defense. Uh, I've done first aid uh, I've taken a couple of the uh, two-day rifle and carbine classes. Uh, so, yeah, I've made a lot of mistakes when it comes to buying guns also, so, so you guys don't have to. Um, so I'd be glad to give you my uh, opinion on everything, if you will. So uh, we can work through this uh, as a general rule thing, and move on to how bullets work, how uh, you know all the gun stuff works, and then I can answer any questions you guys have if you want. Awesome. Uh so let's take it from like uh, you know someone who doesn't really know much about anything. Uh, there's great handguns. There's rifles. There's shotguns. There's there's a bunch there's of there's assault stuff. rifles. Yeah. yeah, I love assault rifles. <laughs> they are nice. Uh, it's really fun. So I guess the basics. You know, you've seen this all on TV. Uh, you've seen it all in movies. Is the handguns, the rifles, the shotguns? Um, unfortunately, on TV, you get a lot of misinformation. So. On TV, you'll see that um, whenever people shoot guns at other people, 
either they <laughs> they kind of fly back. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Yeah. So that kind of ignores um, one of Newton's laws. I think it's his third, the equal and opposite. Um, you know, when something is acted upon, it only has that much energy. It can only go in one direction or the other. It's it's acted equally. So when you shoot a gun, that much recoil would kill you as well as the person. So guns really don't <laughs> they don't recoil that much, right? Yeah. So that's one of the the misconceptions about firearms. Uh, both of you guys have a, a little bit of firearm experience, right? Yeah, a little, yeah, little, very little bit. I've shot. I mean, I've shot a rifle. I've shot a shotgun. Okay, that's about it. That's pretty good. Um, a lot of people again get their information from TV. Uh, another thing I've noticed on TV is that every gun's fully automatic. Uh, unfortunately you can't really buy, you can buy fully automatic rifles, but they have to be made pre 1986. Um, and they're very expensive. I'm talking really crappy ones. There's $11,000. Wow. Is that just, is that just because of like regulation and yeah, I think it was the Hughes amendment to one of the firearms acts uh, in 86 was that you're not allowed to own any machine gun or any part that makes it a machine gun unless you're a dealer. What about this bump stock? deal right so the the bump stock they decided to reclassify that as i believe a machine gun the atf did um they're still going through a lot of court battles um it's it's a little silly personally um i don't care what you do i think it should all be legal obviously uh i don't really like bump stocks but i certainly don't want them illegal all they do is they they help your finger you pull the gun forward and your finger bumps against the trigger making it faster with the recoil. So the recoil is bumping your trigger. Does that, does that make you lose some accuracy? Yeah, typically uh, I don't think you're as accurate when you're certainly you're not as accurate firing full auto as you are with a, a semi-auto shot. Semi-auto is just every time you pull the trigger, a bullet is fired. Right. Um, but you know, full auto has its, has its reasons. It's there for suppressing fire to keep someone's head down so that your, your buddy can flank the people shoot them in the side you know it's it's a tactical thing um i wish everyone had access to it obviously but we don't live in that world yet no not yet we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there right <laughs> yeah. uh so i want to take a step back a little bit when we were talking about uh you know getting hit by a bullet and, and what that does sure. to you that we see on tv you fly back can you talk a little bit because i think it's important especially if people are want to get into guns especially for self-defense and a lot of times when you're carrying a gun for self-defense, you're probably not going to be carrying uh, an AR-15 or something. Right. You're probably going to be carrying a handgun. And so can you talk about really the ballistics of, of sure. starting with a handgun, like a 9mm, and then yeah. working your way up with happen what happens when you get shot by these guns? You got it. it. It's, I learned a lot from you about that. Yeah, and, that's a, it's a good topic. It's, it's, it's very important for, for several reasons. One, I think for... Um, if you are, if you get hit by one of them and also right. if you hit someone. Correct. So I'll go, I'll go through a couple of these real quick. So, uh, first I'm going to go through how bullets wound you, how they hurt you. And then I'll go through the different types of bullets and the difference between uh, rifle and handguns, if you don't mind. Sure. Okay. So when you're wounding someone, uh, the whole point of shooting somebody is because you're trying to stop a threat. The idea is that you're trying to save your own life or the life of somebody else. That's the only reason you should ever shoot somebody. Um, that's basically, you know, the non-aggression uh, principle applied is that you're only shooting someone because you need to stop the threat. And, so, that includes, and that includes 
mean words about your tractors or correct just i mean sorry i should have said that the first time yeah uh, or if someone you know talks badly about lard i think that's also appropriate i think so right so there are three ways that you can stop a threat um i put it this way i, I like to put it this way it's uh, hydraulic mechanical or uh, psychological uh by hydraulic i mean your body has fluids that keep you running so you have the blood it's pressurized and it's going to your brain. When you shoot somebody, uh, usually you aim for the chest. The reason you aim for the chest is because their heart is there, their lungs are there, uh, their spine's there. Uh, it's a very important area <laughs> for you and I to live with. So what I like to say is that when you shoot somebody in the chest, hopefully you're hitting uh, a big vein, a big artery, a heart, and you're leaking that blood out. Um, so you're putting a hole there in order for the blood to drain out from the person's brain. When the blood is gone from their brain, they pass out. Uh, typically, it takes a couple seconds, uh, depending on where you hit, how big the hit is. Um, there are a lot of videos online of people being murdered. Uh, so there's a lot of real life, um, I guess you could say, correlation with this. There are ways to see this if you're into that kind of stuff. I'm not. I don't like it, but I have oh. seen these videos. Yeah, um, I have no interest. In <laughs> uh, it is important, though, to know that it's not like the movies. It's not like TV. If you shoot somebody, they can stay up for a long time if you don't hit them in a vital spot, um, if they don't bleed out quickly. Um, so that's the hydraulic thing. you got to hit them in a spot that bleeds a lot um, for it to work. The other aspect or one of the other aspects is mechanical. So mechanical means you either hit them in the spine or the brain. Um, you can also hit them in the, uh, the pelvic girdle or uh, other parts like that, um, parts that are essential for you to move. So when you hit somebody in the spine, uh, typically they, their legs will stop moving and they'll fall to the ground. But their arms might stop moving, they might die. Uh, if you hit someone in the head or in the brain, of course, they're also uh, going to die or stop. Um, Again, the idea here is to stop the threat. So shooting them in the spine or the head will certainly do that. They'll stop moving, right? So they're no longer a threat. Um, the the pelvic girdle thing's interesting because a lot of times um, you see people with body armor on TV. There was uh, that L.A. bank robbery where the guys had a ton of body armor. Um, so if you want to stop someone with body armor, if you don't have a rifle that can punch through the body armor, you have to shoot them in an unarmored spot. That's either their head or their... Uh, their pelvic girdle. So getting shot in that pelvic girdle means they can't usually stand um, anymore. So they fall to the ground and there are a lot of uh, really sensitive blood vessels and arteries, I believe down there as well. So the third is psychological with psychological. Uh, it's really up to the, uh, the person being shot. So you could stop them with a small bullet, like a 22, you could stop them with a bigger bullet. Um, you could miss them and it could still stop them. That's up to the person being shot at. So it really depends on, I guess, their motivation, their psychological makeup. If you're shooting somebody, they're trying to kill you. Maybe you really do need to shoot them a bunch until they stop moving. Uh, sometimes you just need to shoot them once and they give up. There are plenty of videos online of people being shot, um, you know, in response to a robbery and they just give up. So that's probably uh, a good way to stop somebody. You can hope for that, but you can never really plan for that. You can't just think someone's going to give up because you point a gun at them. It's not realistic. Sure. Yeah. Is it true? I've heard, I've heard that, uh, people when they get shot and not 
because because especially with smaller rounds you know you can take as long as you're not get, getting hit in one of these spots you just talked about you can take a lot of shots right because it's just kind of like a getting punched with a dowel of yeah it's same it's, size exactly so you know it's like a a really sharp stick or a spear uh, being thrust through you it's a hot spear if you will right um so if it doesn't hit anything vital you're going to be okay except for the psychological trauma um i mean i put okay in relative terms you right, still might bleed out uh, but it'll be a lot slower people have been gut shot and it takes them forever to, to bleed out um that's actually what happened to the the la bank uh, bank robber who was shot in the legs and it mm. took him a long time to bleed out because the uh the swat team did not put any i don't think they put any tourniquets on him and they didn't call in medical um so yeah you, that's exactly what happens it's like a dowel rod being pushed through you um so hopefully if you are shot it's in a, a non-vital spot you don't go into any sort of shock and then you get to medical treatment pretty quickly. Right. But I've, I've, I've heard that, uh, the, that there's no real reason other than psychological that when people get shot, like once in one of these soft, not softer, but better places to get right. it, that there's like no actual, like real reason for them other than uh, psychological that they fall down. Right. So that that's true with handgun bullets. Um, the difference between rifle and handgun is the speed and uh, there's a thing called a, a temporary stretch cavity. So what happens with handgun bullets is they're not going fast enough to make, I guess, a ripple effect in your skin, in your body tissue. Uh, it creates some ripple, but not enough to really affect the uh, surrounding area. But with rifles, it really does, especially with um, a 223 or a 556 going almost 3,000 feet per second. Uh, when it hits your body, it breaks apart, um, and it kind of it's kind of like a miniature explosion, if you will, uh, of tumbling in the flesh. And that creates a rebound effect, like an elastic effect. And that damage can actually, even if you're hitting a soft part, or I, I guess you could say a safer part with a rifle bullet, it could still kill you. Um, just because the damage is so severe, it moves things, it displaces things. The shock is uh, pretty tremendous because it's going so fast. Uh, it can cause damage to you know your spleen, your liver. Uh, and that's how a lot of people die from... Uh, the R15, if you will, the, the two to three or the five, five, six is by that temporary stretch cavity. Right. Yeah. That's uh, it, it's pretty gnarly. And I guess I should mention to people that um, it's probably too late now, but what is this a trigger warning? <laughs> yeah, no, not trigger, but, but uh, just, you know, we might be talking about some unpleasant things. It's, yeah. Uh, I mean, but, this is, this is as bad as it's going to get. Honestly. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, I think it's important to understand, especially if you're going to take the responsibility of uh of uh owning guns so let's yeah. let's let's transition into that unless you had something else you wanted to add oh, well th there are bullet types I, I think you've heard about hollow points right mm -hmm. so um a lot of rifles have a lot of rifle bullets have hollow points a lot of handguns um really do have a lot of hollow points uh the reason they have hollow points is because it creates a bigger dowel rod if you will so mm -hmm. it gets filled with uh flesh gets filled with material from like your coat or whatever and hopefully it expands when it expands it creates a bigger wider bullet so the reason you want a bigger wider bullet is because you want to be able to hit those arteries those veins that lung that heart um so you have a slightly uh, you know better chance of hitting that it's not a huge different i mean it is a it is a big difference but it's not you know a tremendously huge difference um you should absolutely carry hollow points um they're not like you know they're not going to immediately kill the guy <laughs> you still have to hit him in the right spot uh, to stop them um 
but they're they're not the evil things that, for example, New Jersey may, used to make them out to be. Um, they're certainly not evil. Uh, they will help you hopefully stop someone faster. Um, now, hollow points don't actually. They they do penetrate a lot, but they don't penetrate as much as like a full metal jacket, just the typical stuff that you you practice with. But all this ammo has been tested um, to meet like a certain penetration requirement. So I can jump into that if you don't mind real quick. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So there's an FBI standard uh, of penetration. There was a shootout in the, I think it was the 80s. I think it was a Miami-Dade shootout where the FBI tried to stop these guys who had rifles and they were using handguns. Um, So they shot these guys, but the bullets didn't penetrate far enough. They wouldn't go through their arms into their chest far enough. Uh, to hit a vital point. So uh, a bunch of FBI agents died, I believe. Uh, the, the perpetrators actually did die eventually, but it was not an easy flight. So the FBI said, hey, we need a stronger round that uh, penetrates more. So they decided through all this testing that um, they needed, I believe it was 14 to 16 inches of penetration in a in a ballistic gel uh, calibrated block. So they did that um, and they came up with a, a 10 millimeter round. And they said, this is going to be good for us. It, it, it penetrates this amount. You know, even with hollow points, it's going to go this far. Uh, they decided on this, this uh, inch level, this 14 to 16 inches, because if you put your hands out in a, in a firing position, um, they wanted to, the bullet to be able to pass through the arm into the chest, and they wanted the bullet to pass through the shoulder uh, into the chest as well. So they wanted a round that is that strong to be able to go through, I guess, intermediate parts to be able to hit the vital zone, which is the heart and the lungs. So they came up with a 10 millimeter. Um, they decided to kick too much. So they developed, I believe, I believe this is how they developed the 40 Smith and Wesson, which is uh, just a, a shorter 10 millimeter. It, it recoils a little lighter, but it still penetrates, you know, enough. So that's how they come up with a penetration test is uh, it's still a standard today. Um, so all these ammunition uh, brands, they always test in ballistic gelatin. You see it on YouTube all the time. Um, so you want that amount of penetration out of your bullet. Some 22s don't get that far. That's why you don't want to carry a 22, uh, besides the fact that it doesn't ignite all the time. Um, so there are a couple reasons why you want a gun that is a big enough caliber that penetrates far into the person's body, but also doesn't recoil too much that uh, it ruins your next shot. Right. So, uh, all right, let's, uh, let's go into a, a little bit of, uh, safety. Um, great. I was actually, uh, remind, I was wearing, I, I wear my, uh, safety glasses and the earplugs when I'm yeah, in my house. Yeah, I know. But it, it, <laughs> I, I think it saved my eye the other day. Did it really? What happened? I was just mowing the lawn and, and I guess I got too close to a vertical something and a piece of, of whatever got kicked out of the the lawnmower hit that must have hit that and then hit me right in the side where my it would have hit me in the side of the eye wow but it hit, hit the glasses and i don't know Dude, it might have nuts yeah it might have been <laughs> just like a, a you know a little piece of a stick that was light and probably right. wouldn't probably would have killed and hurt bad but might have not knocked out my eye or really caused damage but if that was a stone or something but it's like it's stuff like that it's you don't and it's it's for the problems that you don't anticipate is why why you uh take a step to to be safe with stuff so right um because no one goes in expecting that they're gonna to hurt themselves or that someone's gonna make a mistake yeah sure so yeah what are some uh 
I mean, I think I think the average person, regardless of how much they've uh, they've handled guns, understands some of the things like you know, yeah. don't walk around with the the finger on the trigger. Right. So maybe could you go over some stuff that I'll people... go over all of them. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So uh, there are a few different safety rules. I think there are four really important ones. Uh, the first one you mentioned is keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to use it. Um, a lot of the uh, fuds, a lot of the NRA fuds, <laughs> you know, Elmer Fudd type people. They always say, uh, keep your booger hook off the bang switch. <laughs> so if that helps you remember it, fine. <laughs> um, but that's an important one. Uh, the gun can't go off unless you're touching that trigger, unless it's a really old crappy gun uh, and you bang on the back of it. Um, so yeah, keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to use it. It's the first one. Uh, the second one is never point the gun at anything you aren't willing to destroy. Mm-hmm. So that's also important. Don't point it at your friend. Don't point it at your dog. Don't point it at uh, your TV. Um, all these things are very important. Your gun can't hurt anybody if it's not pointed at anything or anyone important. So you keep it pointed down range when you're at the range, you keep it pointed at the floor, uh, anywhere that the bullet can't penetrate. Um, that's the important second rule. So the third rule is, uh, know your target and, and what's behind it. So you want to identify your target anytime you're shooting a gun. Um, you also want to know what's behind it. Because you're not perfect, uh, I'm not perfect, no one's a perfect shot all the time. So if you miss, you're responsible for that bullet every time. And that bullet will keep moving for a very long time. It doesn't just stop at 25 yards, it keeps going for a while. And it stays lethal for a very long time as well. So that's why you need to know your target and what's behind it. Um, Also, you can shoot somebody and it goes through them if it's a thin part of their body. Uh, It can deflect off of things, Uh, you know, bullets do crazy things. the Kennedy assassination, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's the important third rule. Uh, the fourth one is uh, always treat the gun like it's loaded. Um, the reason we do that is because it might be. Uh, I'm sure you've forgotten your keys, right? Um, mm. You just make mistakes all the time. I've, I've done that. I've forgotten something. I've forgotten my credit card when I go to pay for something. And the same thing can happen with a gun. The problem or the difference is with a gun, it's completely lethal and, uh, you never want to make that mistake because you don't get to take it back. Right. Uh, you, you can always get a new credit card. You can always go back and pay for something. Uh, you can always find a way into your house, but you can't bring back somebody if you accidentally shoot them. So that's why we always treat the gun like it's always loaded. Hear that, Dick Cheney? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that was on purpose. Yeah, I don't know that. I, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. That not been the best one. example. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll try not to emulate him in the future. Yes, in any anything at all. Right. <laughs> uh, so now I, I think it's also important um, when you mention safety that when you're carrying uh, concealed, you also don't want to get into altercations that you don't need to be in. Uh, you don't want to brandish your gun and, and act tough. Uh, you want to have, I guess it's called situational awareness, and you want to have layers of defense like an onion. Um, that's one of the ways I was taught. You never just rely on your gun as a primary means of defending yourself or the people around you. Um, you want to rely on your eyes, your ears. Uh, you want to know where the doors are. You want to know uh, the difference between cover and concealment. Um, so you want to know where you can hide, where you can run, where you can get a good shot at somebody. Um, you want to know if some guy's acting weird before he does something, You know, if he's being fidgety. Uh, these are all things that can 
protect your life instead of you pulling a gun and having to deal with the repercussions of morally, you know, taking someone's life um, or the actions of, you know, trying to deal with, I guess, the law, uh, going through the court system if you get caught, uh, all these fun things that even if you're innocent and you were completely right uh, can ruin your life for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, it, it's there's so many parallels between so many things like where where I work. We have uh, the layers of protection. We use the this kind of the Swiss cheese. Yep. Uh, I love that. Analogy. I love your uh, Swiss cheese analogy. Yeah. Not just because I love cheese, but because it was a great analogy. Yes. Yeah. So the idea for those that don't know that is you have slices of, of Swiss cheese that are kind of backed up against each other. And uh, imagine uh, something kind of trying to go through the slices of cheese. And the more layers of cheese you have, you know, Swiss cheese has holes in them of various sizes and, and you, you try to pass something through it. It may go through the first couple of slices, but chances are it's going to hit a wall. It's going to hit the cheese, not, not find a hole. So you want to, uh, yeah, you want to layer up as much as you can. Uh, so it, to, to, to tack on to what you were saying, right. Um, it's important to just like, not try to get yourself in bad situations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, like, I agree with you hundred percent. Like, uh, be careful with who you're, who you're hanging out with places you're going. Um, it could, it could, uh, be very beneficial because you want, you want to make sure, I mean, you, you just want to nip stuff in the bud because, right. you know, once the guns are drawn and bullets are flying, it's, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you can, yeah, like, like we said earlier, you can't take it back. Right. Right. And even just for your, you know, assuming, not even assuming that you're going to get the the other guy, even yeah. the bad guy. I mean, there's a good chance that you're going to get shot and right. maybe killed too. So, yep, and you don't uh, want that certainly. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So it's actually interesting. I I was just I just got an Instagram argument. I always say that I'm not going to argue with people on Instagram, and then I end up you know arguing <laughs> with everybody on there. Um, someone today just said that uh, they they brandish their gun a lot um when they're in because they live in a bad neighborhood and and it helps get people off their back and. uh I think he was lying because that's not realistic. Um, I used to work as a, a peer counselor in one of the, I guess, I think it was the top murder capitals of the world, uh, just per capita. Um, so I had interactions with people who did not like me there. Um, they didn't want me there, uh, even though I, just, I was working in a library, um, you know, helping kids read. But, uh, you know, they didn't like me there. <laughs> so I had I had situations where I had to, it was potentially violent. Uh, I'm not being, you know, wasn't being a bitch about it. It really could have been violent. Sure. Um, but what I did was um, I carried a gun. I always carry two guns on me, uh, a backup and my regular uh, Glock 19. So I have for years now. It's you know, like I said, it's, I think it's been 12 years now. Um, so I was always prepared to do violence if I needed to, but I never wanted to. So what I did do was I used to read a lot about um, self-defense um, from a guy named Mark Animal McYoung. And uh, his guides are really important to me in the sense that he said you have to fight yourself uh, the most when it comes to these kind of situations. The reason being, your lizard brain is going to say you have to be tough. You have to look cool. Um, don't look like a bitch to these people. And that is the wrong answer. You don't want to look weak. That's true. But you don't want to uh, threaten them because that doesn't help. All you're doing is escalating the situation. I would never have shown that I had a gun. Um, now they know I have a gun. So when I turn my back, they could, they could shoot me. They can wait for me the next day and I can't defend against an ambush. So what I did do was I would cross the street 
yes, I look like a bitch. That's fine. And it didn't feel good to do these things. Um, I did say, Hey, sorry guys, I'm just walking through, you know, please ignore me or, or, or stay back. I, I just want to go home, you know, stuff like that. You don't look cool. You don't look tough and it doesn't feel good, but it does keep you alive and it doesn't escalate the situation. Uh, you want them to think they've won, even if it makes you feel bad. And the truth is you've won, you've gone home, <laughs> you get, you get to eat your chip, witch, your ice cream sandwich, whatever you want, you know? So, um, I think that's also important when it comes to, uh, defense and safety is that you got to look out for yourself and your lizard brain. Cause uh, especially in men, I think it can really trick you into, uh, doing something really stupid, just like I saw on Instagram today. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we do have that, you know, testosterone kicks in. Yeah, it's and, terrible, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Us and our, uh, you know, testosterone boiling. boiling yeah, you want to wrestle later? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, you know what? You know who couldn't take this testosterone was Slappy because he had to, he ended up jumping off. Must be all the butter that he eats. Um, I think it is the butter. Did you know that lard actually uh, contains no trans fats and, and is higher in monosaturated fat than butter? Yeah, it's yeah. Lard, lard's got a bad rap. It's probably because of stupid communists. But uh, yeah, lard's. It's funny because whenever you bring up lard, people like kind of laugh at you, like, "Oh, it's so unhealthy." And it's like, is it though? Is it? Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, I was I was really bummed out when Slappy showed up. Uh, so was I. I I don't I know did, how that. I happened. I think there was a communication breakdown because uh, he's not on this show anymore. Yeah. Well, when I send out the link. I don't know if it just like kind of auto sent it to him because right. there's I've done it 144 times before this. So I don't know. I'll figure something out to make sure that doesn't happen again. That's but good. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that, that'll be the last time. Good. He's on on here. So uh, I, I can also just like deactivate his uh, his ability to post on the website. I'm a big fan of when you mute him as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um yeah, I'll have to mute him on Twitter too. I don't want him to block him outright because right. then I want him to think, you know, still having in his head. Um, so moving on, because I don't even want to waste my breath talking about <laughs> Sure, yeah, let's not talk about that jerk. He's, he's a butter boy. <laughs> he <cares about laughs> butter boy. <laughs> um, so do you want to talk about so I think we kind of mentioned it earlier. There's different different guns for different situations. So right. you want to run through a couple of uh, situations that the average person might want sure. to consider and, and what guns they want to consider for that? Great. I, this is a topic I'm, I'm really invested in. So I spent a lot of money, like I said earlier, buying these guns, trying them out, testing them, carrying them. Um, I spent a lot of money on classes where people shoot these guns. Uh, you know, So I've seen a lot when it comes to to this topic uh, I've shot a lot. So I think when it comes down to it, the best guns to have uh, are a regular old semi-auto rifle with a big magazine, 30 rounds um, and a handgun with a big magazine, preferably a nine millimeter. I like nine. Um, you may be a 45 guy, maybe a 40 guy. Um, but to me, a nine millimeter is probably the best. Uh, it's easily concealable. It holds somewhere up to 15 rounds usually. Um, and you can keep it on your body. The reason I don't carry a rifle is because everyone will look at you weird. Uh, it's very uncomfortable and heavy after a certain period of time. Um, and you just, you know, you can't walk through doors. You can't sit down. It, it's just a pain in the ass. With the handgun, I can just keep it on my waist, in my waist, wherever, um, in my pocket, theoretically. Um, so you can keep it and take it everywhere. That's why people use handguns. Not because they're the greatest man stoppers. Uh, they're not. 
but because you can conceal them and take them everywhere. Um, I have a, like I said earlier, a, a Glock 19, uh, and that's a nine millimeter Glock that carries 15 rounds standard. Um, I like having 15 rounds because like we mentioned earlier, um, people are moving when you're trying to hit them, they're trying to kill you. You might not have the greatest accuracy. You might not be able to use your sights properly. So I like having the extra rounds in there. I also carry a spare magazine just in case. I don't think I'll need it, but if I do, I'd rather have it than not, and it doesn't weigh that much. So I can just throw it in my left pocket or you know, in a little holster, and it's fine. Or your fanny pack. Or my fanny pack when I go to the gym. <laughs> I, keep, I keep my snacks and my, my Glock in there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, got a carb load. Um, so, so that's why I carry the, the, the handgun is because it's socially acceptable, well, more so than carrying a rifle. Um, plus no one ever knows I have it. Uh, last time we met, did you know I had it? No, you started (laughs) pulling out like, well, I wasn't pulling it out. Let's be fair. No, you weren't. No. Right. So I, I did show that I had I, it. I by... meant, yeah. What, I meant <laughs> once, once you were, we were talking about it right. and it was appropriate to, to bring right. it out. Hey guys, look you, at my... you had, you yeah. had, you were more well-armed than I would have imagined. I'll right. So at, at that event, I had a, a single action 22 Magnum in my pocket from North American arms. Uh, I like it though. I like a single action just cause I, I used to shoot a lot of single action. Uh, so it doesn't bother me. I can use it one handed. I could cock it off my body. Uh, you know, it's got five shots of 22 Magnum out of a, I think it's a two inch or two and a half inch barrel. It's a long one, but it fits in my pocket really well. That's my little backup gun. I don't expect to use it. I don't want to use it cause it kind of sucks, but, uh, I like having it in my pocket, uh, better than any of the other, uh, smaller semi-autos. It's just what I'm used to. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, uh, who's new. Um, but you know, if that's all you can carry, it's better than a sharp stick as people like to say. It's, uh, you know. It's five dowel rod holes in your body. So, Um, but I had that in my pocket as well as my Glock 19 and my waistband. Um, And then I had the spare magazine. So I I believe I had 31 shots plus the five in my other pocket. So, you know, that's a good start. Uh, I don't expect to use it. I don't hope to ever need more than a couple of shots. I actually don't think I'll ever need it ever. Uh, If I'm smart and I'm lucky, I won't ever need it. You know, our violent crime rate isn't that high, but I'd rather have it. Um, you know, and not need it, then need it and not have it, as everyone says. Absolutely. So, you know, and it's not that heavy. It's pretty comfortable. Uh, I'm so used to it now after all these years that I don't even notice it. Uh, I can sit down with it. Um, and again, no one really sees it. Um, I'm not a huge guy. I'm, you know, six foot, 210 pounds, but um, it, it fits on my waist. You don't really see it. As you said, you had no idea. And uh, I think that's a typical armament level um, for people who carry uh, concealed. At least people I know, they, they carry about that amount uh, on them. So I think it's pretty normal. Gotcha. So uh, what was next? We wanted to talk about rifles, right? Yeah, maybe something for like home defense. Right. So a lot of people say, hey, let's get a shotgun for home defense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an okay choice. I, I wouldn't ever want to fight against a shotgun. Um, my only problem with shotguns is that a lot of times they're pump. So that pump takes... Uh, you know, a short bit for the next shot. Uh, my bigger issue is that you only have maybe five, two, seven uh, shots in the tube ready to go. Um, that is a lot. That can kill five to seven people. Uh, maybe more if you get lucky and wing the guy behind him. Uh, but it's not really for me. Uh, I like having one of my ARs in 556 
Um, I like having that as a home defense weapon or as a general purpose weapon. You can reach out and touch someone 500 yards, no problem, if your sights are you know sighted in properly. Um, and there's no there's nowhere in my area that I wouldn't need to reach out you know more than 500 yards. So I'm I'm pretty confident with uh, with having that weapon. But for home defense, I really like the AR in 5.56 because you have 30 shots without having to grab another magazine, throw it in your pocket or whatever. Um, so you can take on a multitude of people. You can post up behind somewhere safe in your house and wait for them to come to you, make it a fatal funnel, and you have the drop on these people. You have cover for your body, and you have enough shots to take out whoever wants to come and get you. Um, hopefully it's not a SWAT team. <laughs> if it is, go for that pelvic girdle, as we said earlier, or their face. <laughs> but if it's not the SWAT team, um, you should be good with just uh, those 30 shots, hopefully. If not, it doesn't hurt to have spare magazines all over your house like mine. Uh, it doesn't hurt to have body armor as well. We can get into that later. <laughs> um, sure. But uh, I really like the AR because I've seen videos of people uh, working in pairs, you know, up to up to three people breaking into houses. There was a guy recently who shot his AK, um, which also has 30 rounds. It's just a different caliber at a lot of people who are breaking into his house. He got them all to run away. Um, there was an event where th- I think three people broke into this guy's house and he shot them all with uh, the AR-15 and killed them all uh, because they were breaking it. And there were multiple of them. Usually, I believe they're all, I think they're just drug users looking to get money. Uh, so it's another, you know, pro-legalization uh, or no laws against uh, drug use argument, right? Absolutely. So, <laughs> uh, but besides that, that, that's, I think, the main reason I like the, the 5.56 five, uh, instead of a shotgun for home defense is because you can follow up shooting easier. You have more rounds. And uh, I'm not worried about over penetration with a 5.56 five, because when it hits the side of your house, it shouldn't go through it. If it was a 308, which is a really big round, I would be more worried about penetration. You know, you might be shooting into your neighbor's house and you don't want that. So again, it's that rule, you know, no one's behind you. If you're shooting down, like down your stairway, that's probably the best. Uh, you're going to be hitting your floor if you miss. So, Yeah, because I, I know in my own head, I I, I would have thought that, hey, just get the, the, the biggest, baddest right. gun you can in your house and, sure. you know, and, and hunker down and, and go at them. But, you know, you don't want to, shoot your neighbor <laughs> right because it, it, it does happen you see right. it all the time and, you know gang violence you know some little girl gets shot in the head because she's doing her makeup in her mirror um because it went through the wall or it went through the window and you need to be more careful than that you know right so that's why it's smart to look through your house at the layout and figure out what the best places to be are and it goes back again to that the layers of defense argument um mm-hmm. You don't want to be scrambling for your gun in the middle of the night uh, because someone kicked down your flimsy door. You want to have good door locks. You want to have an alarm system, um, another door inside your house that people have to get through. You want to make it as hard as possible for people to get to you. Sure. Yeah. So again, uh, like you said about the the bigger round, it is very attractive, um, especially when you're new to be like, yeah, man, 45. I carry a 45 because I can't carry a 46. And, uh, (laughs) you know, it sounds good until you fire the gun and it, and it kicks a little more than you want. And it only has eight rounds or nine rounds. Oh, and yeah, it jams a lot and it's really ammo dependent and you have to pick the right ammo and you're like, oh man, it's, you know, <laughs> screw this. And, uh, but let's go back to something different. Um, I did spend a lot of my, uh, I guess shooting career shooting a 40 and, um, I wish it, going back that I had just shot a, a nine mil, um, just cause nine mils cheaper. Uh, it still does the job. And it holds more rounds. So 
What was the 40, a Miller or like a... Uh, a four, it's a 40 Smith & Wesson, so I, I carried a, a Glock. Sorry, that was a bad oh, joke. Oh, no, that was a terrible joke. No, you know what? I just got it halfway through. <laughs> and I, I was staring into this face like, wow, what an asshole I am. <laughs> I, I was like, what the hell's a Miller? <laughs> what a douche I am. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It was really funny. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I carried a 40 and uh, I, I liked it because the uh, I could practice with the same weight ammo that I carried with, um, mm-hmm. but it wasn't worth it. Uh, I, uh, now that they have so many ammo choices, I just carry uh, 147 grain hollow points and I practice with 147 grain uh, FMJs now with my Glock. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, it, it, it's, you know, I don't think you can go wrong with the Glock. Um, actually, I, I'd like to talk about manufacturers if you don't mind. Sure, go for it. So I ran into, um, I did a bunch of pistol classes. I helped teach some as an assistant, and then I have shot in a bunch. I have noticed that um, a bunch of Springfield XDs have been breaking in my classes. And uh, so I don't want anyone to ever pick one up until they really fix their quality control. Um, I have seen zero problems uh, with Glocks that weren't like user, user problems. They messed something up on their end. Uh, and I've seen no problems with the, uh, the Smith and Wesson M and P series. So if people want to pick up a, a full size handgun, I would recommend Glocks, uh, first and foremost, I know I sound like a fanboy, but I've really had no problem shooting thousands of rounds through mine. Uh, then the Smith and Wesson's really good. And then if you're going to go bottom of the barrel, not really bottom of the barrel, they're still very good guns, but, um, uh, Ruger is also really good. Um, uh, you could also get a revolver, I guess, but revolvers only carry between you know five and eight shots, and I would really feel more comfortable with people carrying a standard semi-automatic gun instead of going with a revolver. Uh, revolvers have very heavy trigger pulls, um, so your gun sight might be wavering back and forth to the left and right unless you're really practiced with it. Hey, if that's your thing, look, do what you want. I don't care, uh, <laughs> you know. But uh, I would much rather people have a regular semi-auto with like a four and a half pound trigger or a five and a half pound trigger, um, something that's very simple. It's the same every time, and you have a lot of shots. Yeah, awesome. And uh, I could talk about rifles as well if you don't mind me monopolizing all the time. That's why you're here. All right. So, um, actually, you're here to to, to be the co-host. So, well, yeah, for the future, right? Uh, for now. Okay. Now is the future. You're right. The future is now, old man. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I used to have uh, a couple AKs. Um, they were all Zestavas, and I really liked them. The problem with them is that uh, one of the ranges I went to was kind of a FUD range, and it wouldn't let you shoot uh, some of the heavy, heavier uh, stuff. So, I got into uh, ARs a while ago, and I learned by building a couple ones which ones worked, and by speaking with people online and going to classes... I've had really good results with these that I'm going to mention. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're always perfect. Uh, no guy, no, you know, no one's perfect. Um, no organization will ever have uh, a perfect quality control as you know, mm-hmm. but they will be better than others. So I've had good luck with them. Um, we're going to start with the, the cheapest ones. Uh, PSA Palmetto state armory. They have some pretty good stuff uh, for the price range. They also have, uh, good uppers, which is the upper part where the barrel and the gas block and the, the bolt control group, they all are. Um, they have really good stuff for the price range. So you can get an FN, which is, I believe, FN Herschel, I think. I don't know how you say it, but they're they're good barrels. Uh, I think they're chrome-lined, uh, so they'll last a while. 
they're pretty accurate. I've had really good accuracy with my, my PSA. Uh, I've a, I had, a, I had a 20 inch PSA upper that I was getting really good accuracy out of. Um, and I have a couple PSA lowers that are, and have always been, you know, pretty phenomenal. Uh, they have different, different parts on the inside. Um, they're not all PSA, but I've had good luck with PSA parts as well. They might not have the best triggers. Uh, so you might have to get an upgraded trigger, but they're good for a budget. I can get a, a good AR-15 for, I think, under 500 that way, unless you make your own in your basement. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know anyone like that. They're no. cool guys, though. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, so the next step up, I think, the ones I really like, because, again, I, I, you know, I shoot a lot, so I don't have a lot of extra money to spend. Um, so I want something reliable that isn't like crazy good name brand. Um but it's reliable enough to get me where I want to go so I can still shoot all the ammo I need to to feel comfortable with my skill level if I ever need to use it. Uh, that would be Arrow and uh, BCM. BCM stands for Bravo Company. Um, Arrow is just Arrow Precision, A-E-R-O. They've had, uh, and they, they do make really good stuff. Uh, you can buy it piecemeal, so you can buy a lower, an upper, uh, a bolt. You can buy you know even a barrel. Um, I believe Arrow owns Ballistic Advantage, which is a, a barrel a barrel company. So they have good barrel stock uh, with it without you having to upgrade. Hmm. Um, I don't know the laws of every state. I do know the laws where I live, which is Pennsylvania. Um, to get a, a gun to you, a rifle, you can either buy it from a friend and there's no background check in PA. You just have to assume the person's not a, a criminal uh, or you have to order it online. Um, now, ARs, they come... Uh, a lower and an upper. You can take them apart. There are pins in the middle. The lower is actually the firearm. The upper part is not. So the barrel and where the bolt is, that's not a firearm, uh, apparently. Uh, laws are weird. So <laughs> the lower is the part that you need a background check for. Uh, again, unless you make your own in your basement. Um, so the lower is uh, something you need to get shipped to your uh, FFL, which is a federal firearm license uh, holder or dealer. So you can order it online and then get it shipped to your local FFL. We'll have to do a background check. It'll cost, who knows, $5 to $40, depending on how much they charge uh, that day. Um, so that's the best way to get stuff online. You can actually buy all this stuff online and get it sent to your FFL, the lowers. Uh, you can also go to your dealer and ask for these things, and they'll order it for you. Um, but I haven't found better pricing than ordering direct from either BCM or Arrow or PSA. You can just order them right off the bat and get it sent to your FFL uh, for the lowers for the uppers. Um, you can just send them right to your house, which is really cool. Uh, so you can get different barrel lengths. You can get, get a different barrel twists, which means um, how many twists there are uh, every, however many inches that means that we can get really technical, but it means uh, you know, heavier bullets need a certain twist than lighter bullets to be perfectly accurate. It has to do with, I guess how many times it spins, um, so yeah, I, I don't know much about that, so I'll move on. But uh, yeah, it reminds it reminds me of uh, some physics classes I took in high school and college. Right, it, it, it's way above me, <laughs> way above yeah, my pay grade. That's it's it's the spin <clears throat> is is what helps give the uh, the bullet its lift. Right, that's why uh, when you shoot a gun, it the bullet goes up for a little bit and then starts coming down. Right, uh, that's actually how it helps meet your your sights because uh, your sights are above the bore axis, I believe. Um, so that's where I, I, I get all my stuff from Aaron BCM. I mix and match the parts. Um, they all work really well. Just, you got to make sure to follow the instructions. You got to lube it up good. Right, buddy. Oh yeah. You know all about lube. 
<laughs> Sorry. So uh, <laughs> the last thing I think, um, you hear this one all the time, at least I do. Um, they were the backup guns in some of the, the carbine uh, classes that I took. Uh, Smith & Wesson M&P Sport 2. Um, it's a really good budget gun. Uh, people have been getting them for, I think, 500 bucks, under 600 easy. Uh, depends on where you are uh, in the country, I believe. But the uh, Smith & Wesson M&P Sport 2 is probably one of the best mid-tier guns um, I've ever seen. Uh, again, there have been guns in the class that I took in PA that have run for a long time. And as long as you clean them and loop them up, it's been really good. They, you know, they test them beforehand and they do this magnetic particle inspection and all this crap to make sure it's, it's working. Uh, but it's a good budget gun. You don't have to spend 1200 and feel unsafe. I would never, um, I would never recommend these guns to people unless I thought that it would keep them safe in case they were about to be murdered, you know? Right. Absolutely. <clears throat> So if you have any questions, you guys can uh, listening can always um, uh, tweet me and ask me about it. And feel free to ask your friends. You know, this isn't the end all be all. Uh, just don't don't take anyone's word as gospel until you research it yourself. Even mine, obviously. Um, go go ahead and research it. But you'll see that uh, a lot of people feel the same way I do. Um, there shouldn't be too many bad reviews about these things. And if there is a bad review, it's usually one small part that was out of spec. Um, it's always good to have spares. I keep a couple spare parts for everything pretty much in one of my plate carriers. So, Yeah, nah, that, that all makes perfect sense. Um, was there anything else? I, I mean, that's kind of all the questions I had. Um, was there anything else you, you, you think it's worth covering? I, mean, I was going to talk the, about the, the floor is yours. Well, thank you. Since we're, since, you know, we're doing this together as a team now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would love to talk about uh, two things, uh, body armor and then, uh, police. So do you mind if I talk about body armor first? Yeah. Yeah. Then you can talk about how much you like the police. Right. I love police. Uh, back to blue, thin blue line. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so body armor is a weird thing. I never really thought about body armor until recently. Um, bulletproof vests used to be very expensive. I didn't know really how they worked. And then I got, a. Uh, I, I interviewed for a job where they, they tested bulletproof vests in Maryland uh, it's a it's a very well known company actually when it comes to um, independent testing that isn't NIJ testing. Um, I forget what NIJ stands for, but it's like it's the standard for um, testing ballistic vests. They have these certain levels of things. Hmm. So there, I learned um, all about helmets and uh, soft body armor and hard body armor and all this fun stuff. So I recommend buying body armor for your home. It's impractical to use it anywhere else uh, just because it's big, it's heavy. It's bulky. It looks weird. And if you're wearing it out, I will eye you weird because I don't know why you're wearing, you know, expensive body armor on you in person. It's kind of creepy, right? Yeah. So I like to recommend um, picking up either a set of uh, some cheap AR 500 uh, armor plates that you can put in a plate carrier. You can get them for like 120 front and back. They won't stop all rifle rounds, but they'll stop the common ones from the shorter barrels. You just have to make sure that you, you buy a thing called a uh, spall protection. Spall is what happens when a bullet hits steel. It doesn't just dent it. It sprays in every direction, right? Because that energy has to go somewhere. And if it's not going through, it's going to go to the side. So you have to buy spall protection. What that means is you, you put this metal thing in a case that's bulletproof um, against the fragments, or you put a coating on it that contains the fragments from splintering all over. 
How, uh, I mean, how deadly is that? Um, I guess if it hits you in the spot. Yeah. So the problem is this plate carrier is right below you. It's right Mm -hmm. below your head and your neck. Yeah. So if you're craned over it, like leaning down your rifle, the last thing you want is, (laughs) is these fragments that are, I don't know how fast they're flying, but they'll go right through cardboard boxes. Right. Right. So I'd imagine that you don't want to take that spall in the neck because even if it doesn't penetrate all the way, now you've got a, a bunch of bleeding wounds on your neck. The last thing you want to deal with is your neck bleeding, especially because there are two very sensitive, you know, very large uh, arteries or veins there. I don't know which one. But um, you certainly don't want to take spall to the neck, right? Right. So there's a way around that is you can either, um, you know, get the spall protection, get the coat added on, or you buy ceramic body armor. Ceramic body armor is kind of like a a porcelain toilet seat, if you will, um, except it's very specifically designed to stop bullets. The way it does that is by breaking a little bit, and the bullet expends all of its energy breaking this portion, uh, and it spreads out and it cracks in that one little area. Uh, The bullet has to expend all of its energy to do that because the ceramic's so hard. Uh, Ceramic, if it's expensive, can be light, regular ceramic that I could afford that's almost the same cost as the steel that I mentioned earlier. Um, that's pretty heavy. It's, I think it's about eight pounds a plate, um, you know, front and back. It's pretty thick as well. It has to be to be able to absorb all these hits. The good news is you don't have to worry too much about this ball uh, because it's, it's self-contained. Um, the problem with ceramic is that I guess you could break it if you really use it. If you like run around with it and do body flops or whatever, you know, yeah, like uh, how many hits could a? Uh, I mean, I guess it depends on the on the ceramic and the and right. the armor, and but where the, and where the hits are, because on the edge, it's not as strong as in the center, right? right? So I've seen ceramic plates take six, twelve, twenty hits. Oh wow, it's it's a lot. I mean, if you're getting shot more than once or even once, you need to move. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, so you can also get side plates. Um, Side plates are pretty uncomfortable, uh, especially after a long time of wearing them. And they interfere with, uh, I guess, your your bicep meat, if you will, um, when you're holding your rifle at a certain angle. So I don't wear them. Um, I have soft body armor on the side, which protects against handguns because I don't feel it. It's very thin. It's almost invisible, if you will. Hmm. Uh, but it does stop you know, anything up to a 44 Magnum. Um, hopefully, I won't ever need that. But, you know, it's right. good to have. Um I do like the ceramic plates in the front and in the back. Um, but again, if you do get shot, you want to move. That's why we teach cover and concealment. You want to get behind cover. So something hard, something that'll stop a bullet, like a really thick concrete wall, a, a really thick tree, you know, not just your wall because walls are pretty thin. And again, if you get one of those big 308s, it's going to go right through that wall. And uh, there are people out there who are trained to shoot through the wall where they think you are, you know? Right. So, and these things aren't too expensive. I think the ceramic uh, I was just looking at earlier was 160 per plate. Um, You know, you can save up for these things. You don't need to buy them all at once and it's not necessary, but it it is a little, a good feeling of comfort, I guess, sometimes. Yeah, does does the front and back each have, it's just one plate? Uh, One for the front, one for the back. Right, right, right. So the one in the front's typically curved. You can get both curved, but the one being curved in the front helps with your body shape usually. Sure. Actually, one of the things I've noticed when you put on body armor is you notice how small it is and how much it really doesn't protect you. <laughs> like it doesn't really cover your like your stomach, uh, you know, your important bits below that. Um, 
So you really notice how vulnerable you are as soon as you put body armor on, which is a, a little ironic. But then if you think about it, you go, oh, okay, well, here's my heart. Here's my lungs. Uh, I'm not going to get a shot in the chest. If I am, it's going to be from the side. So if you train, you know, with your stuff on, you look like a, a tactical mall ninja at the, uh, hmm. at the range, but you train to present your body armor directly to the threat so that it hits you in the chest instead of hitting you on the side and going through where that gap is, right? Yeah, I mean, it's probably not, if you measure the risk-reward of, of trying to cover up with the other stuff, what you lose in right. mobility yeah. and what Mobility is very important because yeah. you want to keep moving uh, unless you're in a really well-fortified position in your home and you can't move anywhere. Then it's okay to to really you know be relying on that or, or the hard uh, cover. Uh, yeah, the hard cover that you're behind. But mobility is important in like a real civil war type, you know, civil war two uh, situation. Sure. Mobility is very important. Yeah. Because um, you don't want people to get angles on you. You don't want to be flanked. You want to keep flanking them. So. Right on. Uh, so, yeah. You want to talk about the police? Yeah. So I love the police. Like I said, <laughs> um, there are a couple things I wanted to mention about the police. Uh, a lot of people I've noticed, I don't know if you've noticed this when you're driving, but you ever see the uh, the thin blue line sticker with the flag, and then yeah. right next right next to it, there's the yellow "Don't Tread on Me" sticker. I was driving down the shore. I think it was last summer. There's a big pickup truck that was lifted, and uh, yeah, buddy, it had yeah, and the flag on one side of his bed was a huge, you know, "Don't Tread on Me," Gadsden. The other one was the thin blue line flag. And I'm like, right. man, you are doing it wrong. <laughs> they don't realize that these people are they going to be the ones who are going to be doing the treading? Yes. They always say, you know what? They won't do that. They won't confiscate your guns. You know, they're all gun guys. I will tell you, uh, every police officer I've shot against in comp in like friendly competitions for charities or whatever. Um, the vast majority of them are not good shots. They do not understand guns. They don't care about guns. They do care about their own paycheck, taking care of their family, you know? So they want right. to keep their job and they will absolutely enforce these laws they right. don't care about you they're not your friend if, if you go up and talk guns to a cop they don't give a shit you know what i mean right it's it's just crazy to me that these people think that, that the police are all your friends uh when it comes to gun stuff and, and gun it's really ingrained in gun culture it's very confusing to me yeah i guess because i used to think that way too i came from that kind of world of well, me too i mean when i was 18 right yeah, and, and I guess you think that, uh, well, I mean, those are the people that are supposed to be, you know, fighting the bad guys. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're even even as you start becoming a libertarian, because it's the whole thing with the non-aggression principle is that we're, we're against aggressors and violence. So that the people that are supposedly there to protect society from that, it's it, it's kind of, I guess it's the natural inclination to think like, oh, well, I mean, they're overall good. Right. But then, you know, once you think about it. And I, I know I don't have to explain it to you. Right. You really get into the nuts and bolts of it. And you're like, no, these guys are the, are the, are the stormtroopers. Yeah. And just because they have guns doesn't mean they like them or right. know how to use them. Yeah. It's just part of, it's just, they're just doing their job as I like to say. Yeah. Uh, Nuremberg, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so w one of the things I, I did was I took a class with a lawyer, taught by a lawyer. Uh, it, the idea was if you're in a self-defense situation, what do you do? Um, this goes back to the point uh, that police aren't your friends. So when they come to you, uh, police are allowed to lie to you. They routinely lie to people 
Uh, these police will not be your friends. They won't say, hey, are you okay? They might say, hey, are you okay? But the reason they're asking is because they want you to confess. If you confess, it makes their lives a lot easier. Um, they'll make up, they won't make up stuff, but, oh, they might actually, but, you know, they'll say yeah. stuff like, uh, oh, why'd you do this? Um, do you know this guy? You know, all these crazy things that if you answer them, it may seem like an innocuous answer, but they will bring that up at trial and you'll get hammered into the ground. Um, you can't say even small things you could say could be brought against you and could bring a, a guilty verdict for like involuntary manslaughter or murder, you know, any of these crazy things. So what the lawyer taught us to do, which I agree with, um, my mother's actually a lawyer, so she agrees with this as well, is that if you're ever in a situation involving a self-defense shooting or self-defense anything, uh, and they seem like they're going to arrest you, or even if they don't, uh, you say nothing. You right. say, you say, I want my lawyer. And you keep repeating that even if they make you uncomfortable, even if they threaten you, just go to the booking area, you know, just go with them and, and you have to keep your mouth shut. And it's going to be very, very hard because they know psychology enough to get people to talk. They do it all day, every day. And humans are not good at not talking, especially in an uncomfortable silence. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, that goes for any sort of interaction with the police. Sure. I, I, I apply this to everything. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's, it's I, even, even when I'm not in a situation where uh, they're, coming at not coming after me but have to engage me if i'm walking by him you know I, there's a fine line there's a line somewhere you don't want to just be like a jerk and get them interested in interacting right, exactly. with you but man i do as best as i can to just not have an interaction don't even look at them just kind of get out from from being anywhere near them also yeah, just because they they bother me. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it's really good situational awareness to avoid things. Avoidance is the key to, yes. to everything here. And avoiding police is, is also a good thing. Um, avoiding any police interaction or avoiding incriminating yourself, I guess, is, is the key here. Sure. Um, if you have to say something, you, you can say, I wouldn't recommend saying anything, obviously. But if you have to, you can say, uh, I was about to die. Yeah. Uh, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's literally all you could say is that, you know, I was about to die. He was about to kill me. He was trying to kill me. That's it. You know, right. if you, if you have to say something, say that, but I wouldn't recommend even saying that. Sure. No, I agree. And again, all these situations, I, I hope for, for you and for myself and for all the listeners out there that, that none of us ever have to experience this stuff. But yeah. Um, like I kept, like I was saying in the beginning, it's if, if you're going to take the, well, even if you don't, own a gun or, or carry a gun. I mean, we're all, there's always a chance you're going to be in a situation where stuff can go wrong and you've got to do something that, that you might not really want to do. So it's important stuff to think about and to kind of run through the scenarios in your head a little bit to, to make sure that you're, you're not going to be panicking that just running through it a few times in your head before that you, it, yeah. Give yourself a better chance. It doesn't hurt to be out. prepared. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, did you have anything else? I think, I think that's we covered it. a lot. I think yeah. we covered a lot. And, you know, this is for people who are who are new to this or who sure. have a little bit of experience. If you have a lot of experience and you have, you know, an issue with my point, just bring it up to me. I don't care. Um, I would love to learn as well. I love learning. So, yeah. uh, again, it's at not Gregory M on Twitter. So if you want to, to message me there, uh, go ahead. I would love to talk to you about anything. 
Yeah. Um, so that'll be on the show notes page, mcflugel.com slash 145. Uh, so I want to do a little, uh, we do the free market success. Yes, you do. Uh, do you have one? Because if you don't, that's fine. Um, no, I don't. I, you know, I okay. just bought a, a, some more trauma uh, kit stuff, like a chest seal, but that, you oh, know, you <laughs> that's not very exciting. I'd love to hear yours. Yeah. So I, uh, I had a bachelor party this weekend and, and the beginning of it, we went to congratulations. I didn't know you're getting married. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to make a joke about marrying you, but <laughs> I know, right? That's so was I. <laughs> I wasn't quick enough at the draw. Uh, so, we're, uh, we're pretty uh, terrible. Yeah. Okay. So ne- neither of our jokes have landed so far. Right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, it's a friend of mine. Uh, not me. I'm not getting married. Uh, so I went to a Phillies game and I was running a little bit late. And so there are a couple other guys there ready to go in. So I, I kind of let them know, like, hey, uh, I'm not going to be there in time for the game to start. So, you know, just, I didn't know what to do, but he said, Oh, I can just email you the ticket. Right. And so that's what he did. He, he got my email address, sent it to me. And then it, uh, I had to download an app. And then once I downloaded the app, I, I registered with the email address that he sent it to so that, um, the app recognized, uh, the email address and said, Oh, you've got a ticket coming to you. So I was able to just walk right up put my phone underneath the scanner and, and go right in. Uh, so it's just, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a little innovation that, uh, that makes life a little bit easier because if they didn't have that, then uh, I guess he could have dropped the tickets off at will call. What a pain, right? Right. Or, or someone would have had to wait for me outside and, you know, the traffic was, was pretty gnarly. Uh, so who knows how long that was going to take. And then there were other people too that uh, that were coming that were even later than me, so uh, it worked out for them too that they were able to to do that transfer. Otherwise, maybe we we have to make arrangements from earlier with getting the tickets to each other. So it it it's just could have turned into a whole big to do, but it wasn't because we have improvements of technology brought to you by the market. Because uh, you know when when something's working. Uh, unless there's a profit motive uh, to make it more efficient, to make more money, there's not like a central planner or government really doesn't have that much of an incentive to uh, to put off consumption, right? To save, to try to develop innovation. So, I love it. Yeah, nice little story. So, uh, you plugged your uh, your your Twitter, and of course, we'll put that on the show notes page. I have a I have a couple plugs want to do first one being uh libertymugs.com we sell libertarian themed mugs we've got a couple gun mugs up there if you're interested in uh doing what the theme of this episode was and i also want to plug uh 10 hours of bitcoin.com i know i talk about bitcoin all the time uh it's something that that i am a huge fan of and working with uh, a former guest on the show jw weatherman he's got a site uh called 10 hours of bitcoin.com where uh there's basically like 10 different parts to it that you just go down the line and the total time that you should be committing to this is, is about 10 hours. So you will get a, uh, a very, very good knowledge of Bitcoin from uh, touching on technical stuff, uh, political things, and also the economics of it. Uh, so we, uh, we had a fundraiser a little while ago for, uh, to pay, uh, Guy Swan, who was another guest on the show kind of recently for, uh, all of the audio versions of a lot of the content that he did. 
And so we paid him out and we have a new fundraiser that we're doing now. So we're offering $500 because we believe that reputation tracking is critical to a well-functioning internet. So we will be donating this $500 uh, to reward someone who makes a community website that tracks Bitcoin related scams and the people that are behind them. So if you want to, if you want to claim this bounty or have questions about it, go to 10 hours And at the bottom of the page, there is a, uh, a feedback link that brings you to a Twitter page. You can get in touch with, with some of us who are involved in it. And also there's a donate button down there too, to, uh, to send some money, uh, to the fundraiser. So, uh, do you, Greg, did you have any plugs other than uh, your Twitter account that nope, you wanted to give? It. Okay, great. So, uh, all right. Thanks I'll see for you listening. next week. Yeah, uh, next week we're we're talking about home massages. So, which would be a good <laughs> well, episode. Good, we're experts. Uh, we are. So, it's going to be a doozy. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening, and to the Rollo and Greg show. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>